Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 10 of the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Kevin, it is Boomer Bevo podcast episode 10, the Texas Longhorns preview for the 2022 season, because as of this taping, Kevin, 18 days to kick off. Are you fired up? I can't wait. You know, I was telling my wife, I've been doing a pretty good job of not being anxious for the season this year. Okay? That's gone. I'm ready. Let's go. I, listen, every little bit of news, I am I am on it. Every, every report, every practice thing, every sound bite. I, I, this is the most, for at least for Oklahoma fan, this is the most anticipated season, and I can't remember when. Uh, it's the COVID year. We kind of threw us off. We thought we were going to be good last year, but nothing, nothing has been more anticipated than Brent Venables in this season. And for you guys bouncing back from five and seven, you've got to be chomping at the bit to get the taste of twenty twenty one out of your mouth. Am I right? Oh yeah, you, you couldn't be more right. We're fired up, man. We're fired now. Up. Along the lines of news coming out of camp, uh, I would be remiss, and I think the Boomer Bebo podcast would be remiss in not addressing the Kale Gundy news. Maybe you, maybe you heard about that, Kevin, from a, uh, about a week and a half ago. I did. I did. Um, listen, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you have heard the story. You know what's gone on. He, he during a film session – allegedly and apparently um, approached a player who was paying a little more attention to his iPad than he was to Gundy in the film session, picked it up, read an inappropriate word out loud multiple times, meant nothing by it, he claims. Uh, It got out to the rest of the team. There was a, a, a team leadership council meeting with Brent Venables, and then Brent Venables and Cal Gundy met, and Gundy turned in his resignation. Texas fan, what has been the reaction in Austin to this news? Uh, I assume that there's been some recruiting that could negative recruiting that could go certain ways. There's just maybe the perception of Oklahoma disarray early on in a Brent Venables tenure. What what is Texas fan thinking? And Kevin. If you want to clarify your remarks for what Kevin Miller thinks about this episode, feel free to make that distinction. All right. Well, I mean, I think it's Texas fan opinion is almost like the opinion of everywhere else. It seems to be kind of torn on, on things from what I've been hearing. Some people are like, oh, you know, well, you have to go. Some people are like, well, if you made a mistake, you could have just been punished and, and maybe not pushed out like it seems like you may have been. It's just a weird situation, man, and it's unfortunate, you know, for that he said what he did, that he did what he did, and that it cost him his job, you know. So, but there's some certain things you just can't say, especially multiple times. Um, do you think? Does Kevin Miller think the crime justif or the punishment justifies the crime? You know what? I don't know honestly because I don't know the exact context. It was one of those things where you feel like. I feel like I would have to either have been there or I've at least seen some sort of audio or video 
of exactly what happened. But I think you kind of brought up a point earlier. You said something about negative recruiting and the whole disarray thing. I feel like Venables wanted to make sure that none of that was going to happen, especially so early in his tenure. So something had to be done, and that's what he felt like was a thing that had to be done. You know what? That's great. I think you're right there. I wasn't. That's not what I was thinking about, but I think you're right. And it's it's interesting because I've had a week and a half to think about this uh, before taping this episode. And if you could remember the text messages that you and I shared, I was pretty upset day one and day two. I was I was upset um, that a lifetime sooner like Kale Gundy, a player, a twenty five plus year coach, a track record of nothing but success and respect and relationships and loyalty could be so quickly dismissed um, regardless of the situation. Uh, and my, when the emotions were raw, I, w- I was upset. And I'll be honest, I was upset with Brent Venables more than anything. As the person who was responsible to make the decision, I was upset with him. Uh, as time has elapsed, I still think those things are true, the loyalty and the tenure. And I think that there's something to be said about the relationships that people have developed over time and that there should be some consideration given for that. Yet at the same time, I can see Brent Venable saying, under my direction, we're not going to, we're not going to deal with it at all. And there won't be any of it. And if I make an exception now, I have to make an exception for the rest of my tenure here in Oklahoma. And we can disagree with that. But at the same time, he's the one that's got to live with it. He's the one that's got to recruit through it. He's the one that's got to manage it. He's the one that's got to wonder if Kale Gundy is going to be a a distraction for the team. And maybe, maybe this was the right decision for the team who's about to play football here in four weeks or in this case, two weeks now, not the right decision for Kale Gundy. If that, does that make sense? It does make sense. And, and look, no coach, especially Brent Venables, wants to fire the longest tenured guy in your staff, right? Nobody wants to do that. If he wanted to replace Kale Gundy, he would have replaced him before he got the job. All right, as soon as he got hired, he'd say, hey, I'm bringing in my own guy to be the yeah. running backs or receivers coach. You know, but he's a valuable asset to the staff because of his work as a recruiter, but you, you know, he may have lost some credibility. You know, oh. he may have trouble going into the home of a 16 year old kid from Houston or Dallas after this, you know, and that's something that can't be risked. You can't risk potentially losing recruits for a coach. And I know co- uh, players or fans are always saying that no one's bigger than the program. No one's bigger than the program. I think the same has to apply to an assistant coach, even if he's been there for so long. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, my emotions are still conflicted, but I'm willing to I'm willing to see that the decision was Brent Venables, and uh, may, may, we'll, I think it remains to be seen if it was the right decision. But yeah, he's the one that had to make it. He made it. It's definitive. No one has to doubt where he stands, and I think that I think that does mean something. So. Um, real quick though, in terms of Kale Gundy, 
he recruited Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. He recruited Joe Mixon. DeMarco. DeMarco. Did he recruit uh, Malcolm Kelly? I'm not sure. Maybe he's an East Texas kid. He has been at the forefront of some major recruiting battles against the University of Texas. You cannot be unhappy that he is no longer on the staff. I mean, I don't know. That bothered me either way, honestly. Look at look at Petaway. Look at Petaway out of Houston. The first yeah. thing that happened when he gets fired is everybody is freaking the freak out that Petaway is going to tr- flip to Texas. Now yeah. we to, to date we've held on to him. Yeah, and he did, but, he did post that hey, I'm not going anywhere. So it, right, it took some time to think about it. But at the same time, I think Texas fan, this is a little advantage for you. Now we'll I mean, take Petaway easily. I mean, yeah, absolutely. you take Petaway, but I'm just getting. I'm saying, Kale Gundy's won a lot of battles against you. He's. Yeah. I think. He, I think it's safe to say he won more than he lost against Texas. He was the best recruiter on the staff, and that's saying something. Absolutely. So I think. Yeah, I think that impacts it. Um, Kevin, let's talk about something a little bit lighter, a little bit lighthearted. This has nothing to do with Boomer Bebo. This has nothing to do with Universe. It has to do with getting ready for football, though. Okay, getting ready for football. Do you watch Hard Knocks? I do. Have you watched the Lions, the, the, at least one episode? It's on my DVR, ready to watch. I'm going to watch episode one and two tonight. Okay, listen. When you watch episode one, what you're going to see uh-huh. is Deuce Staley, who's basically the offensive coordinator, and okay. Aaron Glenn as the defensive coordinator. Those two men are going to singularly get you so fired up for football, you won't know what to do. You won't know what to do. I like Aaron Glenn, great player at Texas A&M back in the day. Dude, it is so. Those two guys are so fun on this show. I could, I could care less about the Lions. I, I even forget that the Lions have a team sometimes. You, you know, it's yeah. There, there's a lion. They're terrible, and yet I might be a Lions fan now. First of all, I love Dan Campbell. There's another Texas A&M Same. guy for you. Yeah, I love this guy. And then do Staley and Aaron. Just watch it. I need to please watch it. Tweet back at me. For those who, who are listening, we've got a new Twitter, Boomer Bebo Pod, at Boomer Bebo Pod. If somebody out there is also watches, tweet back at us and confirm to Kevin that he's got to watch this. And do listen, it will get you so excited about football. These guys get after it. And it is some of the best trash talk between coaches I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's great. Love it. Before we talk Texas 2022 season, it's incumbent upon me to mention the fact that our title sponsor is Brown O'Haver, public insurance adjusters. We work for the insured, not the insurance company. The insurance company does not want to pay for property claims. If you've had your house hit by a fire or by a tornado or by a hailstorm or your business, the insurance company doesn't want to pay, Kevin. Not at all. They have no interest in paying whatsoever. They don't make money when they pay claims. They lose money. So they are figuring out every possible way to reduce the amount you get paid. The answer to that is to call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. We will get you paid the full and fair value of your settlement. And we'll get it paid more quickly. And we will stop the insurance company 
from screwing you out of money they owe you for the premiums you paid year after year after year after year. Stop thinking the insurance company is your friend. They are not your friends. The agent might be your uncle's cousin. And that's great. Cousin Eddie is awesome. Cousin Eddie is not writing a check out of his own pocket. The insurance company is going to part with that money when they gosh darn only have to. Call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. Let us fight for you, not the insurance company. Okay, here we are, Kevin. Episode 10. We've got this episode and two more to go before we are playing live games. So tonight, we are looking exclusively at the University of Texas. The 2022 season, what we can expect, what the schedule is going to look like, where you're scared, where you're excited, what you think is going to happen in 2022 to the University of Texas. Where do you want to start? I think we have to start with the quarterback position, right? Wow. We know we're going to have a new starting quarterback. I mean, Hudson Card was there last year, played the first game in, I guess, two-thirds. Or, you know, he played the first three quarters of Arkansas before he got replaced by Casey Thompson and Casey never looked, took the job and never looked back. Right. So between him, the young, super talented Quinn Ewers transfer from Ohio state, we're going back and forth right now. From what I've been hearing, there has not been much separation between the two yet. I know Sark was hoping to name a starter quickly into training camp. It hasn't happened because he hasn't gotten the separation that he has hoped from one of them. Kevin, let's talk about this. Now, we've talked about the quarterbacks before on this episode. So we've done a couple other episodes where we've gone pretty in-depth. But I don't know that we've talked a lot about Malik Murphy. Yeah. First of all, give us some stats on Malik Murphy, where he's from, what kind of quarterback he is, and tell me why Texas fan says he's not in the fight. Why is he not being considered? Okay, well, first of all, Malik Murphy, he's a true freshman. True freshman. Big kid. Big kid. Six foot five. He's out of Southern California. Sarah High School in the L.A. area. Okay? Won a state championship there. He has a very, very strong arm. Right now, they're tinkering with his mechanics, his throwing motion, things like that, teaching him the offense. I think he has a chance to be a very good player. My concern is, is he going to be one of those guys who is just kind of stuck in between two really talented guys, guys who are more talented than him, even though he's really talented. He's going to be between Ewers and Arch Manning. So that's the concern. I don't think the plan for him is to play right now. I don't feel like the coaches think he's ready to go just yet. But if he's not ready to go, he's not going to be ready to go in Texas, right? I mean, if he's not ready to go, Ewers Ewers is going to start, and then Arch Manning will fill in when Ewers leaves. Right, I that's mean, what it seems like, but you, you never know, though. I mean, we've crazier things have happened, right? Okay, I want to challenge you on Quinn Ewers. Okay, all right, Texas, you've had a lack of well, if it the only thing stable you've had over the last four years has been quarterback, but Ellinger was a very I say the last four years, the last four years before last year, right? Yeah. You were very stable at quarterback, but that stableness at the end of the day guaranteed you like an eight and four season. Okay. One year you went 10 and two or 10 and four, I guess, after the bowl, you know, whatever. Yeah. So 
you you now have instability at the position. Agreed? Absolutely. And you look at yours and you see a ultra talented kid that has nothing but instability in his own short career as a collegiate athlete. Okay. So Quinn Ewers commits to Texas as a junior. Yeah. Decommits from Texas. Yes. Reclassifies. Correct. Takes the money at Ohio State. Yeah. Poster child for NIL. Does not sniff the field at Ohio State. Not even close. And then decommits from then decommits from Ohio State. Yeah, enters the transfer portal. Enters the transfer portal. That's right. Enters the transfer portal and now has recommitted to the University of Texas. So he has flip-flopped about four times that I can count. He has not thrown a single pass in college. If anything, he should probably be a true freshman by age right now, right? Or is he an older? No, you're 100% correct. And I just feel like... I feel like Texas fan wants him to be so good. Like they want him to be good. But I am, I'm nervous for Texas fan. I'm not nervous for Oklahoma fan. I am nervous for Texas fan that Quinn Ewers and his track record to date is going to continue to plague the University of Texas in the position of quarterback, specifically with any sort of consistency. Please retort. Okay, well, here's what I feel with Quinn Ewers, okay? The talent is there, but he's also very inexperienced, right? So I'm not expecting him to go out and compete for the Highland Trophy. But there's going to be growing pains. I expect him to have these kind of games where he throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Those kind of games where he makes some wild plays and he makes some like, whoa, like, what were you thinking there throwing that ball? I think that's what you get, and you'll take that I'll take that upside as long as he's developing and getting better. Okay. I want to challenge you right there. You just said the word upside. Okay. So if you can make the leap that he's almost a true freshman, he's not, but he's almost a true freshman. You've also got Malik Murphy. That sounds like he's got physical skills out the wazoo. Sounds like he's got the build that can take punishment from a weakened offensive line, which we'll get to that, but there's injuries already on the offensive line. Plus, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, but we're going to have at least two freshmen likely starting on the offensive line by the third or fourth game, if not from the beginning. So you've got a weakened offensive line or a a suspect offensive line. Maybe they'll be great, but but they're suspect, right? And then you've got, to your point, an inconsistent quarterback. Good upside with viewers, but inconsistent. And then you've got this big kid, this big strapping, physically gifted kid who can probably take the punishment. Sounds like he almost has as much upside as yours, and yet he's not even being considered. That seems odd to me. No? Am I wrong? I don't know if you're wrong. But here's the thing with viewers, too. I think the year, at least being on the campus at Ohio State, being in all those meetings with Ryan Day, being around all those insanely talented receivers that they had, I think that's helped them a lot. I think that's helped them a lot. I think he just he's still learning the system. He hasn't been there. He just got there in March or, you know, in the spring. 
Did Malik still, did, to, to, to continue to berate this point, did Malik Murphy come in the spring as well? Malik Murphy was there in the spring. What? He didn't spend the year at Ohio State. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, we, we alluded to it earlier. Uh, the big news this week coming out of Texas camp is injuries. What's going on with the injuries? Who is it affected? And what does that do to your outlook? Yeah, man. Two big-time injuries. Isaiah Nair, he's a transfer out of Wyoming. He's a big receiver, 6'3", about 215 pounds. Great speed, great hands. Was absolutely going to be the starter opposite of Xavier Worthy. He's exactly what Texas has been looking for. Once Jordan Whittington got injured in the Red River shootout last year, we saw teams just completely roll their coverage over to Xavier Worthy's side. To his credit, he still put up numbers even after that, but it was very, very difficult for him. Right? Sure, he's a, he's, a, he's a great player, but he's a great player. He, he is, and um, without Whittington, it, you know, it allowed teams to roll the, co- the coverage towards him. With Nayer, you can't do that. He's just as uh, talented as Worthy. Different build. He's a bigger, stronger kid, but he can get down the field. He was going to be their main deep threat this year. And um, yeah, got injured during their scrimmage on Saturday, and he'll be out for the entire season. Now, you've got a speedster, right, though? A true freshman speedster. Is that correct? True freshman speedster, a kid named Brennan Thompson out of Spearman, Texas. Again, he's a blur. He's, but he's coming from a small school, two way football in Texas, adjusting to playing, yeah. you know, D1 in the Big 12. I think he'll play. I just don't – he's not ready to replace what Isaiah Nair would have gotten you. Really, no one on the roster gives you that, especially with that combination of size and speed. Okay. Does that – so so we went from – Texas has gone from feeling pretty good about your receiving core to now there's big questions. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. It's bigger questions. Whittington is back. But the thing about Whittington, as good as he is, he just has never been able to play a full season due to all the injuries that he's had. Okay. Okay. So he usually averages about uh, maybe five or six games a season. Oh, jeez. He's had some, yeah, he's had, and it's mostly soft tissue injuries that he's had. So I know he's changed some things up, some of his training methods. Um, He was really big. He was big into lifting weights. He said he was bench pressing when he was 10. We had a lot of bulk on him. And I think he leaned out a little bit. So hopefully that helps him uh, stay healthy this season because he's a great player when he's healthy. Uh, offensive line. Junior Angulao. He's kind of their uh, their most experienced guy. I think he's played 40 games or so already. Yeah, I saw, I saw he started like 32 games. Yeah. That's, um, I think, the stat I read. Yeah. So same thing in the scrimmage on Saturday. I think he got rolled up on. And also ACL. He'll be out for the season, too. Wow. So, so does that thrust, does that guarantee one of those true freshmen is starting? I think it all but guarantees it. Um, And again, I think some of them, several of them were going to play anyway, but yeah, it's going to push some guys have to shuffle some things around. He was actually working at center. He was a guard. He's been a guard his whole career, but he'd been working at center this year. They have Jake majors who was there last year, who was their starting center back. But they've been trying Angle out there because he's bigger and stronger there. I think Kyle Flood wants the bigger, stronger guys out there. So it was rumored that he would end up becoming the starting center, bringing in some of those other freshmen to play guard. Okay. But we'll see how it works now. I know Kyle Flood wants to get the, his best five 
on the field, regardless of position, and then kind of figure it out from there. Back to back to receivers. I forgot to I forgot to get this in your uh, your Bama transfer, our, yeah, Ajay our, Hall. Ajay Hall suspended already, uh, and he yeah. had trouble. He had trouble at Alabama. Yeah, it seems like he's had some issues there. Um, issues at Alabama leaves Texas gives him a chance, and there have been some little things with him already. And then he got arrested on Thursday for apparently um, UT Police Department apparently put a boot on his car. He tried to take it off. So he got arrested for, I think they call it criminal mischief or some sort of, for trying to destroy the the boot that he had on his car. So, but what Sark said is he's not suspended for just that. It's just been a few other little uh, incidents here and there that have led up to that. So who knows when he'll come back. It was called an indefinite suspension. Look, every... Every team is going to have some problems like that, right? Where a kid does a 20-year-old kid thing or things, right, that are stupid, get you in trouble. But you're five and seven last year. You're trying to build something. And this isn't one of your recruits that you brought in and two years later he does something stupid. But this is somebody you actively went and sought in the transfer portal. Right. Now, listen, a receiver that was at Bama, I think that – did he start or get some playing time? He didn't start. He did play quite a bit, and he played a lot in the national championship game because they, yeah. they had lost so many guys to injury. Yeah, so so again, though, a guy that's good enough to play at Bama, I get it. I get it. He's good enough to play at Bama, meaning he's one of the best football players in the country. So physically, you want him on the team. But when you're a 5-7 and seven team and you're trying to rebuild a culture, it just meant – it just, I guess you could make the argument that Sark maybe knows him, but he wouldn't have been on the staff then, right? No, he, he would have been recruited by him, but no, he, he didn't play under him at all. I don't know, man. That just seems like an unnecessary risk to take when you're trying to turn well, – I mean, what does is, what is Texas fan think? Do they think, do they think that Sark's trying to give the kid a chance and it just sucks? Or are they kind of like, what are you doing? You know, I think they think that he's trying to give him a chance. Here's the thing, though. I don't know if it's been fully decided that he is going to be back, you know? Well, I, no, I don't mean about him being back, but even bringing him on to begin with just seems like an unnecessary thing, you know? It, it must not have been anything as far as, you know, criminal type stuff. Just just activate. to grow up. Yeah, just kind of maybe has an attitude. Just activate her. Yeah, my dad yeah. would say activate her. That's what he was doing. Yeah. He was activate her. Okay. All right. Um, Kevin. This is where the rubber meets the proverbial road, okay? we have I have the uh, University of Texas schedule in front of me. We're going to go game by game. Okay. We are going to post this on Twitter, your pick for the season, or your record for the season and my record for the season, so that it is cemented in the uh, metaverse. So everybody knows what John Whitson and Kevin Miller picked for the University of Texas. Okay? Yes. Good. And... We will show the world how right I am and how wrong you are. All right. Louisiana Monroe. That's a win. Win. Yeah. I think that's a win, too. I think it's a win, too. I will say Louisiana is one of those – the population of Louisiana should not have this the the per capita number of five stars and four stars it does. But, my God, what a fertile recruiting ground. They've got dudes out there. But if you were going to get beat – 
if you were going to get beat by a directional or a named state school, you would have gotten beat by uh, University of Louisiana last year. Correct. Like that's a much that's a much better team than Louisiana Monroe's rolling in there. Only game they lost all year, by the way. Oh yeah, no, they're a good team. Yeah. And they thought they were going to win, and they probably they just got off to a bad start. It was a hot day, and y'all took care of it. But yeah. Um, okay, here we go. And this, you know, Bama. I mean, that's 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 a loss. You know, I, I'm actually excited about it. I, I want to see how they compete. You know, I want to see a how loss. they compete. It's a loss. You, you hope it's close. Um, you, you hope it's kind of a game going into the third quarter, you know, and yeah. it's one of those where Bama kind of pulls away. I mean, not that yeah. you're hoping that, but like that's in some ways, I think if I were a Texas fan, the best case scenario, right, is that yeah, you competed, I, I you showed you can compete. If it is yours, yours shows some promise. Uh, B, your offensive line gives Bijan. What you don't want to see is Bijan get shut down. Yes. And That's the, the last thing you want to see is Bijan run for 29 yards on 28 carries, which, by the way, the University of Oklahoma did to a to- young Tony Dorsett at the University of Pittsburgh one year. 20? Wow. I think it was the opposite. I think Tony Dorsett had 28 <laughs> yards on 29 carries, wow. which is just an unbelievable stat. I love it. But you don't want to see that. You know, you don't want to see Bijan no. go for that. You'd like Bijan to get 110, you know, and be like, we should have given him the ball every time. You know, that kind of no, thing. That's me. Yeah, I, I want to see what happens, how Sark can scheme up against um, Saban and uh, Pete Golding, the defensive coordinator for Alabama. I'm um, curious to you know, he's a guy who can scheme guys up, like Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma. He can, he can scheme some guys open and, and make some things happen. They don't have the horses to compete with Alabama for four quarters. They just don't. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what I'm intrigued to see, and I want to see if Bijan can have a good game against them. This is a game – this next game is what I'm worried about. Okay. Our hometown, Roadrunners. Uh-huh. University of Texas, San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, they've only been a football program for 15 years? Yeah, I'd say 10 to 15 years, yeah. Their first co- – you remember who their first coach was? I do remember. Yeah, Larry Coker. Uh, I always thought he looked like Elmer Fudd. Originally That's from Oklahoma. Great, yeah, he does. I don't think he ever coached. Oh, you know, I don't think he coached at OU, but I think he coached around the state. I think he was at OSU. Oh, okay. Didn't and know. obviously a great coach and a great guy. Until he was at Miami. Yeah. And, and and just a great guy from what everything you could tell. But I always just thought he looked like Elmer Fudd. But anyway, okay. So we're at UTSA. I, UTSA is a surprisingly sneaky good team. They're, yeah. I mean, they won Conference USA last year. They won Conference USA. Uh-huh. Their quarterback is experienced. In yeah. 18 games, when he passes for more than 150 yards, they're 15 and three. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. And here, here's the thing: they're not going to be scared or intimidated, right? Jeff Trailer, their coach, legendary high school coach in Texas, by the way, former Texas assistant under uh, under Charlie Strong. So yeah, it's going to be fun. They're going to they're going to come to Austin ready to play, especially if. Texas has any sort of hangover from the Alabama game, no matter what happens in that game, right? They better be ready to play because UTSA is going to be ready. UTSA is going to be ready, and you're coming off of what will be an emotional game. So it'll either be an emotional loss or it'll be the greatest win in program history in the last 20 years, you know? Yeah, the biggest one since they beat USC. Yeah, so it's one or the other. And it's probably a loss. Do you think that 
Texas gets their head right and responds against UTSA, or do you think UTSA sneaks a win at DKR? No, Texas wins that game. I think the talent disparity is too much for them. I mean, I guess it was the same for Kansas, but that was last year. So, nah, I got Texas over UTSA. What do Road you runner. have? Roadrunners. Okay, that's your pick. That is my pick. I'm saying Roadrunners win. Okay. And, and now keep in mind, this has nothing to do with the spread. If the spread is like 24 going to that game or something like that, I might physically go, you know, to a sports book and lay money down because I think I, I feel yeah. that good about okay. UTSA. Yeah, no, no. I can see that too. I, I, I might consider doing the same thing. I, I think, think they win the game outright. I'm picking an outright win because I think it's a trap game. I think this is the biggest trap game on the schedule, really. When you look at the whole schedule, coming off no, the Alabama I, game, I they're not a bad team. Texas has been beaten by bad teams in the last two or three, four years. I mean, yeah. the facts. There's nothing you can – Texas fan can't sugarcoat that. This no. is not a bad team. You're coming off a loss. All right. Game I four. I take them seriously, though. Game it's four. At, take them seriously. at Texas Tech, home of the stale tortillas. What, terrible place to watch a football game, by the way. Oh, yeah. If you're an opposing fan, yeah. Have you been to a Texas Tech game? I have. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the, the wind blows. It smells. Everybody's jerks. It's like some kind of weird dry county, but you can still buy beer, but it has to be a restaurant. I don't even understand it. And I hate it. And I, I, I don't like any of it. And I think you actually beat Texas Tech. That's me. Win, win too, for Texas. I think it's tricky, though. I think it's a win for Texas, too, but I, it's... It's tricky, man. It's obviously a weird place. Okay, weird for your four, happen there. For your fourth home game out of the first five, you get West Virginia. I think that's a win for Texas. Is that uh, JT Daniels? Is he their quarterback? He should be their quarterback. He's on their roster. I, I mean, if he can't win this job, I, I mean, I, even though I think he should have been the starter at Georgia, but I mean, they did win the national championship with Stetson Bennett. Where is he? From, where is JT Daniels from originally? Southern California. He started off at USC. Lost That's right. out. Uh-huh. He got hurt. And um, lost a starting job. Transferred to Georgia. And lost a job to Stetson Bennett there. I, West Virginia is going to be a tricky game for both schools. I think, you know, for Oklahoma and Texas. I think y'all have got them at home. I think it's a win. I think it's a win. All right. It's an easy pick. OU in, in, in Dallas. Oh, it's a win, baby. What? Oh, that's, that's, a, yes. that's the most homer pick I've ever heard in my freaking life. Yeah. That's a loss. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a whole ton about that game, so we'll come back to that one. Uh, again, another home game. Y'all got just a rash of home games early on in the season. In fact, you've got a really favorable schedule all around in terms of home games. Uh, Iowa State, always a tricky game. Now, they lose – they lose a lot of their experience that they've had the last three or four years. It's made them as solid as they have been. But uh, is it Campbell? Campbell's still their coach? Yeah. And I, I think they're going to be well coached. They'll be disciplined. They'll be tough. They'll play smart. They will do all the things that Texas doesn't do well. What do you think will happen? I think that's a win for Texas. Oh, because of the losses. Uh-huh. Even Brock Purdy, Charlie Kolar. I mean, these guys killed Texas. And their running back, my goodness, this dude was incredible. 
well, first of all, he wasn't credible. It's a loss. You're going to lose. And here's why. Iowa State is better in the trenches. They're tougher. They're meaner. They're not babied. They uh, have a tough coach. And it's the same reason they've given Oklahoma trouble over the last three or four years, four or five years, actually. They're just, they're a very, very tough team. And when they play a team that's not tough, that by this point in the season has, in my estimation, three losses, maybe let's call it two. It's it's a it's a tricky spot to then be in, right? You've, you've lost two. I think if you lose that Oklahoma game and then you have to turn around and play Iowa State, that's not a great spot to be in. Yeah, because at, it, 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 if under your scenario they only have one loss, everything's in front of them. I agree. Then maybe they've got some momentum. But if they've lost to Bama and OU, man, they're already in the. It, I don't know. It's tough. Okay, here things start to get a little hairy at Oklahoma State. First big road game. First big yeah. road game. Yeah, I think that's a loss. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I think it's a loss. I just don't – I'm curious. You know, um, the quarterbacks I'm, – I'm losing my brain. What's the quarterback's name? Spencer Sanders. I am not a Spencer Sanders fan. He is just – to me, he's, an, he's a very average college quarterback. He, he doesn't take care of the ball. Y'all should have beat him last year. Should Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and that's my thing with him, the, the turnovers. But you know, he's one of Oklahoma State's one of those teams, right? They can struggle, but man, when they play Texas, you, you just get their best. Like the, you do. the effort they show against Bedlam, against you guys in Bedlam last year, that's the effort that Texas gets from them every year. I don't know what other Big Twelve games are going on, but that could very easily be a night game. They love night games in Stillwater. They like yeah. night games for Texas. That yeah. it, 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 I, it could be a big noon game if you're winning. But with a couple of losses, according to mine now, you've got four losses going into that game. If you've got four losses going into that game, it could be a 230 kick. But if, 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 if like you said, you've only got a couple losses, that could be a, a big noon game or a primetime game. Um, I, I think it's a loss for you. I agree. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Second big game in this road trip. At Kansas State. Everybody loves Kansas State this year. Adrian Martinez, is that the reason? It can't be. It's got to be just because of Duke's Vaughn, right? I mean, look, Adrian Martinez is a talented guy, right? He's a talented athlete. But, man, he struggles so much throwing the football. I don't know how you can trust him. I Talented. I think you're being very – I said talented athlete now. Yeah, he can I, run with the football. You saw that when they played – and Norman last yeah, year. well, Nebraska. that was against that's against a weak ass defense. I mean, but I mean, that's the what was Nebraska? What was his? It had, he had to have a losing record, right? I mean, clearly he had a losing record at Nebraska, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Deuce, first of all, Deuce Vaughn's a stud. Yeah. The guy is how Kansas State finds that guy seemingly every year to be on their team is, is a recruiting like phenomenon that I don't even know. Like it would take uh five you know, that one website that does all the statistical analysis to somehow figure out the, the algorithm behind how K state manages to secure that dude, every recruiting cycle. It's just unbelievable. But all that to be said, I'm going to say loss for Texas. And I know you don't want to hear it. And I'm trying not, 
I might go back and change the UTSA loss because that might have been a little bit of a piling on. But if you start to lose these games and you start to lose this team and you don't have leadership at the quarterback position, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get hairy, though. What do you think? Like, you're seeing this as a repeat of last year, basically, for Texas. Once they, you know, they blew the lead in the OU game, they blew the lead against Oklahoma State, they blew the lead against Baylor, and then it all just kind of it just crumbled, especially after the Baylor game. Right. So, to, okay. I, I mean, I guess something has to be different, but you've got an inex- inexperienced offensive line, inexperienced quarterback, improving, you hope, defense. I haven't heard enough to say this team goes from five and seven to 10 and two. Okay. I think that's a win for Texas. Okay. Yeah. I think they just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball play action. Well, first of all, I think you should do that every game because you got B. John Robinson. That should literally be B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson should have more carries than anybody in the country. I think, that's going to be one of those games where he's like 30 plus carries. Like he had against, it was TCU last year. Hey, Cause you're not getting him next year. No, this is it. So, the, you know, we ain't no, we, he's, he's got an eye on money. We don't got to save his legs. Like, let's go. Um, TCU. Quick question about TCU. I guess I did not realize that Gary Patterson is an analyst for the Texas Longhorns. Yes, he is. He is. Did he is. Texas, did Texas give him his own towel girl? You know, that remains to be seen. I don't think so because I don't think he's going to be on the field. Okay. So I don't know if he'll have his own towel girl. I mean, if he needs one, I'm sure it can be arranged. The towel girl position at TCU was fascinating. Yeah, and it seemed like it was it was very desirable, right? I mean I think they I think there was an open competition yearly. It was oh, like yeah. yeah. It was like bachelor it was like bachelorette. It was like bachelorette type stuff. They had to have auditions for sure. I don't think, you know, here's the other deal though, talking about Patterson and maybe it's just an Oklahoma perspective, but you know, everybody always talks, I, I get it. When he was in the mountain West and the first couple of years in the big 12 TCU's defenses were really, really good. Yeah. Really good. Small side story. We almost in that Rose bowl, they won over, did they beat Wisconsin? Correct. 2011. I think the 2010 season, the 2011 my wife was pregnant with our oldest daughter, but we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl at the time. And Tank Carter, you remember him? He was a linebacker for TCU. Hey, he wore like 50 armbands. Yes. First of yeah. all, he was rad. I love that guy. And we're watching the game, and Alice is like, who's that guy? And I'm like, that's Tank Carter. And we decided that if we had a boy, we were naming him Tank. Because okay. if he ended up being little – it would be ironic, and if he ended up being big, it would be appropriate, and, like, we're just excited about it. Like, it's going to give him an edge. We had a girl. Um, but anyway, that's my – all that to be said, Oklahoma owned Gary Patterson defenses. You know, Lincoln Riley, yeah, whatever he would do defensively, Lincoln always had an answer for it. It just didn't matter. And it didn't I think matter. That Gary would, would just try all these different looks, and it didn't matter. They would hit him with the counter, post over the top. I mean, there's been some good there's been some good games in the series that have come down to the end, but it very rarely came down to you know because his defenses were just so dynamic. Yeah, those were shootouts. They were shootouts. Yeah, and the one game where Baker Mayfield got hurt, I was at that game. God, it was so cold. Anyway, you're playing TCU, new head coach at Texas. 
TCU has had Texas's number for years now. According to you, you've only lost two games. You're very much in the Big 12 hunt. Yeah. Win or lose? Lose. I think Texas is a better team. I think this is one of those trap games. It's They're going to get caught up, especially if they beat Oklahoma State and Kansas State. I think they're going to get caught lacking against TCU. They're a better team than TCU, but I think this, like I was, we've seen this story before. But just in college football in general, when you get to November, those crazy things happen. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. This is where we're at, folks. Please make note of the 44-minute mark. When Texas fan openly admits they have zero chance of beating Texas, Texas Christian, oh, despite, no, being at, despite being at home, uh, despite on their own words, they're only a two-loss team, clearly in the hunt for the Big 12, and they're losing to Texas Christian. I got them for a win. I actually had Texas winning this game. I think We've I just don't think I don't think TCU is going to be very good. You guys went to the playoff one year, and you lost at home to Iowa State. At home. Listen, a hundred percent. I agree with you, but we've beat Iowa State the last couple of years. Yeah, you have, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying, and you beat them. They beat OU when they shouldn't have beat OU. Yeah, right. No, I hear it's, it's or the Kansas State losses uh, a couple of years ago, back to back. All right, it's, it's, I think it's one of those situations. Uh, the revenge game of the decade. Traveling to the hostile confines. I don't even know what their stadium is called. Of the Jayhawk Stadium in yeah. Lawrence, Kansas. You will be playing the Kansas Jayhawks with nothing but revenge on your mind. Do you enact your revenge against the Kansas Jayhawks? See, here's the deal: is I don't want. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What's your answer, first of all? I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to be the obnoxious OU fan. That first of all, that I already am. But yeah, I don't want to be are. the. I don't want to be the obnoxious OU fan that just picks Kansas to pick Kansas. You know, okay. but but when you look at the totality of the situation. Is there a team in the Big 12 that is as confident against playing Texas as Kansas is going to be next year? I think every, I, I most teams are confident playing Texas. <laughs> and it's at home. And I think the fan base for Kansas will actually be fired up. I think they're going to be a slightly better team than they were last year. And according to me, you've got six losses. You've split the difference at three losses. I'm going to give you the win because it's Kansas. I'm just saying it is closer than it th- than it looks. I think yeah, here's I the mean, reason. Okay, here's here. Here's the reason I'm giving you the win against Kansas because I'm giving you, I'm going to keep the L against UTSA. But I'm saying right here, Texas is going to lose to either UTSA or Kansas next year. Okay. Fair but I'm, on this one, I'm giving you the win. They're going to be Kansas. Boy, God, I hope so. Jeez Louise. All right. The old, the uh, the season finale. Season finale. A very, very good Baylor team. A very, very good Baylor team. Uh, I don't know who Baylor has in their non-conference. Who does Baylor have in their non-conference? I'll look it up real quick. I'll look it up. I'll look it up real quick. I got it. I got it here. 
Baylor has Albany, BYU, and Texas State. Okay? Okay. So BYU game should be very physical, by the way. Is that in Provo? Man, that's in Provo. Oh, nice. Should be fun. The Baptists and the Mormons. Holy War. Also the name of the uh, BYU-Utah rivalry. I think Baylor, to this point, will have one loss against Oklahoma, at most two. So Baylor, is there anybody else beating Baylor in the Big 12 besides OU? if you, if you, and maybe you're picking Baylor to beat OU. So is there anybody else that has a chance to beat Baylor besides OU in the Big 12? You know, not that they're not going to lose a game, whatever. Here's my, my question with Baylor is their offense. Uh, I'm really curious to see. They got a new quarterback. They go on with the Chapin kid. Yeah. Right? Bohannon's gone. He transferred. So I want to see what they're going to do offensively. I think they're a team – Defensively, they should have the best defense in yeah. the conference just because Dave Rand is so good. He's psychotic. I love it. Yeah, he really is. And But they're a team that I think they can get caught. You okay. Know? Um, so, but, okay. So what do you think uh, Baylor's record – what is Baylor's – is Baylor play? is Baylor – let me ask you this. Let's put it like this. Is Baylor playing to go to the Big 12? Right? They are when they play Texas. They win and they're in the Big 12 title game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I think so. And they're either playing Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? Probably so. Okay, so so this is an important game for Baylor. Baylor has to win the game. It's at Texas. Texas is playing, regardless of whether it's my schedule or yours, nothing but pride right now. Does, oh, does Texas beat Baylor? No. No. Lost. I agree. Okay, so let me... Let me Let's just let me do here. One, two, three, four. Four losses. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven and four. And I've got it at five and six. Seven and four. I mean, you're a Texas fan. Is that the mo- is that the ceiling for Texas this year? Or is that your best prediction? What's the ceiling? All right, it's eight and four that I have them at, actually. Eight and four. You're correct. I'm sorry. Was my math right? Then I missed one, too, then. Yeah, I think you have them. What, I have five and seven. Five, five and seven. Five and seven again. Okay. I think that's the floor. I think that's the floor for Texas, don't you? They have to win five games. Like, they're going to win five games. They're going to win five games because of the, of the color of their jerseys, right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I think that's the floor. I think I'm a little pessimistic. I'm going to stick with it for the sake of the rivalry, but I'm going to say five and seven. You're at eight and four. Is that their ceiling? Is that Texas's ceiling, or or do you have room for optimism? No, no I think I think nine and three is their ceiling. Nine wins. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, Does and it, if everything goes perfect, I mean, I mean everything has to go perfect. <laughs> Ten and two, but I mean that is literally. If everything, if everything goes perfectly, you lose to Bama and Baylor, right? Or Baylor or right. OU. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think 9-3 and three is a loss to Bama, OU, and Baylor. Okay. If you, to your 9-3, and three, to your C. And I think you're right about that. I think that's their real ceiling. I think 8-4 I think eight, eight is the positive outlook. 7-5 and five is 
I don't think seven and five is unrealistic, though. I mean, I think no, that. No, not happen. at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, anything can happen. They went five and seven last year. Sarkeesian is safe no matter what because of Arch Manning. You know, I mean, look. No, I don't think so. I don't. I mean, look. If they go, you know, four and four yeah. and eight, I I don't think it matters. You know, I just don't. I don't see that happening. Yeah, three and nine. You know what I mean? But they got to play better. They got to play better. And man, I know we'll get to it, but they got to be better defensively. I mean, yeah, yeah, and we'll, to the one hundreds. All right. Uh, this has been good. Uh, Oklahoma is next on our list. So next episode, Kevin, on the Boomer Bebo podcast, where you can find on YouTube, Google, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we will be talking Oklahoma season preview, where we're going to kind of go through the same exercise. We'll put together our schedules. I mean, put together our records, what we think. Um, I, I don't know. I can see room for optimism as a Texas fan. I really can. I, I agree. You've convinced me that there's room for optimism as a Texas fan. Absolutely. But I think it's very cautious, guarded optimism. And, and I think 8 and 4 is that. I think 8 and 4 is, is cautious. Now, Again, you know, you hear this idiot fans, and we all have those guys who are like, oh, yeah, 10 and 2 this year. I'm like, yeah. Seeing the guys we have on defense or the way we played defense last year. So, but I think the fact that they played in so many close games, right? I mean, there's a scenario you go back and look at the games that they lost, right? The OU game. I mean, Texas fan feels like we should have won that game. Sure. Oklahoma State, same thing. And Baylor. And those are the three best teams on the schedule. You know, you you win even two of those games and your whole season flips. You know, I, I think they just lost all their confidence after those three games. I know everybody's going to have injuries, but another injury on the offensive line, and that, that has me nervous for you with an inexperienced quarterback. Yeah. You know, no, I know everybody's going to have that same. You know, everybody has the injury. The injury bug will hit. And it hits everybody, but if they if a defense can focus on Bijan and not have to worry that a quarterback is going to light him up, I think that's your biggest your your not your Achilles heel, but your biggest. I think it's your biggest concern, you know. And I think that your I think and also I think your defense, but the defense is the biggest concern for me, even more than the, the offensive line. I felt like the offensive line, even though they struggled. Look, they held up in a lot of moments, right? I mean, Casey Thompson was able to light up OU for at least, you know, two and a half quarters. Right. Right? Yeah. And and look, I know you were disappointed with how the defense did overall, but there were some dudes on that defensive line. Nick Benito is a dude. Perry on Ripfrey. Perry on Ripfrey is a dude, man. Isaiah Thomas is a really good player. Yep. I mean, and they held their own for the majority of the game against that. And I just trust Sark's ability to be able to make things happen from a schematic. You know, you can get guys. I know you're, Hey, you, you know what? No one, Hey, no one that listens to the Boomer Bevo podcast can't say that you're not high on Sark. You have a lot of trust in Sark. Here's the thing. I trust him as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. He doesn't have my full trust as a head coach yet. Okay. Five and seven is not that. Now the ability to, to scheme up plays and game plans that 100% trust. My issue with Sark though, is he has to have a good counter. 
because we saw this last year, he'll come out, punch a team right in the mouth, coach the defensive coaches, make adjustments, and then he didn't show the ability to be able to counter those adjustments. Yeah. Well, once Branch got those boys going in the second half, they couldn't figure it out. Well, same thing happened against Oklahoma State and Baylor. Oklahoma knows that story all too well. All right, Kevin, this was fun. I'm excited. Listen, dude, you have to go watch. Go watch Hard Knocks. Get fired up about Deuce Stacy, Deuce Staley, and Aaron Glenn. And gotcha, man. Tweet, tweet me about it because you're going to freaking love it. Everybody else, enjoy the podcast. Like it. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your Texas fans. If somebody doesn't agree, you can now get us on, on Twitter at Boomer Bebo Pod. Hit us up. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Kevin, you excited for next week? Oh, yeah, man. I'm ready. All right, Boomer. Welcome. Okay.